Shall we? Let's do this thing. <laughs> Right, I'm just gonna right. start in this. Uh, what is it? Uh, debutante ball. Oh, right. Oh, like coming out parties. Which was always s- disappointing. How, I know what it was called. Real. I was like, I are they gay? S- no, I have such boring. a hard time. Well, they're gay now. I have such a hard time. That's true. Standing, sitting up straight. I do too. My uh, my cousin kept yelling at her daughter to sit up straight, and, and she also like, like she will. She views me as like another one of her daughters. Yeah. Because I remind, even though I'm like not that much younger than her, <laughs> I just remind her of her older daughter. So every time she would yell at her daughter and then she would look at me and she'd be like, come on. And but the problem with that. me is that my like, my posture is like the ballet dancer is battling the nerd constantly. So like the low self That is such a good pitch for something. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm very much like not trained out of my self-esteem yet. Dude, literally. We should take a dance class. We want to we walk so, we dogs at the so shelter. We want to take a we dance should, class. We should walk dogs at the shelter. Like, you have no time, Ellery. I know. But we can carve, we can carve out one day a month. One time. We can, I would, do, we can make that happen. I would a thousand percent yeah. love to do and that. And then we can talk about it on this. And be we like, can have the dogs on the podcast. That would be so cute. Yeah. We could interview so the dogs. This is City Council. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ellery Smith. And I'm Paula Viganalan. Back from India. Back from India. Sum it up. How was it? It was refreshing. I needed it. I yeah, needed you did to need it. get away from the apartment where bad things happened and come back to it with a better perspective. Yeah. yeah also, it's a good refresher. Also, it's a reminder of like, this is, I'm getting into it already, but it's a reminder of how inaccessible like healthy food is in the US mm. because. My granted, I come from a very privileged Indian family. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in the states and have the background that I have. But my cousins eat so much better, constantly. Like every fucking meal is way like ten times healthier than what I have ordered or made for myself. So it made me want to learn how to cook better. Yeah, for myself. That's so crazy. Something I have read a lot about that I still don't fully understand is like. You know how people go abroad and they notice that they're not lactose intolerant anymore or they're not like gluten intolerant anymore. Like it's a bunch of stuff, yeah. like stuff that's allowed in food in the States. It's just a lot and, of it's garbage. And also like every European is like, oh, I like this where I'm from, but here it's too sweet because like there's sugar, there's like loads of sugar and yeah. everything in the US. I've also heard that fruit, I keep seeing this on Twitter. I've done like no international traveling, so I don't know. But people are like, oh, the fruit in the U.S. doesn't taste like fruit. Oh, it's not like a mango in India fucking demolishes a mango here. That's crazy. It's like, it's... That's crazy. The best fruit I've ever had was in Bali. Random groceries don't taste the same. My ex was from New Zealand and he was just like, oh yeah, I like this back there. I hate it here because it tastes not at all like what it's supposed to taste like. That is so fucked up. And also... All of my American family, like all of the cousins that like grew up here, are much larger boned than the average person in India. And I'm like, we've just been raised on growth hormones. It literally is like cattle. You know how they give yeah. growth hormones to like chickens and cows? I to felt make that them... my whole life. Yeah. Like, no, it's the same. Like, Anything we feed them, we feed us. If they're cold outside. Yeah. <laughs> if you're cold outside. They're cold outside. Feed them growth hormone. Which is interesting because I stopped eating meat when I was eight, and I'm always like, I wonder what that did to my growth. I stopped eating meat when I was eight, but I kept drinking. My mom, my parents made us drink 
so much milk, like a me, disgusting amount of milk. We drank a lot of milk in my household, but we also broke so many bones. And I'm like, oh, I only broke one bone. I mean, my sister each have broken eight bones, basically. What happened? You're like we delicate like, children. We were like rough and we really, like she was a cheerleader. I figure skated. We oh, just yeah. were outside all the time. That's we loved nice. to climb on shit. We were very like helicopter parenting. Yeah, my parents also but, were not around to make sure. That yeah, we were, like, no, my parents were constantly yelling at us to get off of things. But I also like I danced and I broke my wrist snowboarding. You snowboarded? That's so yeah. cool. Oh, Utah. Utah. Yeah. And so it was like during it was right before competition season. So all my dance teachers were pissed off at me because they were like, "How are you?" Shut up. They were mad at you for breaking your yeah. wrist. And and when I broke it, I I felt and I think my dad thought I was being dramatic. So he pulled me up by the arm that I broke and then like, cause he didn't realize it was broken. Cause I was like, it hurts a lot. And then he just like pulled me up by it, but I don't think he knew. Oh and then I went and then it's like a 45 minute drive home after everybody's done like snowboarding. And then I was at home and we were like eating dinner and then I tried to go to bed and I was like, you guys, I really think I need to go to the hospital. Oh I was like in eighth grade and I was like, I can't. Did you get a cast? Oh yeah. I had a cast for six weeks. After my arm came out, it looked really gross. Oh, they look disgusting. I've broken my wrist twice. They look and gross. That's how quickly the growth they hormone goes, works. They, look, they get so little. Yeah. It's gnarly. And then they saw oh the cast and there's all that dirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's your dead skin. It's, I love That's that. That's like the latest Kardashian trend is like get a cast to be Just tinier. get so skinny. Just get like so small. Just get so skinny. Uh, should we get into headlines? Let's get into the news. sort of just like a whoa kind of headline three people were killed by lightning outside the white house on thursday that's insane isn't that insane trump's still at it sort of like a bad omen for sure he's still at it but that's um, crazy did, were they killed by like one lightning strike i think they were standing close together near a tree and they were killed by a strike a strike of lightning that fucking and sucks, one, one dude. more person was injured and also so rare i heard that men are killed more often by lightning strikes than women Dad's a woman. I'll say that. Zeus, you heard it here. That's, Zeus is trans. That's <laughs> <laughs> Zeus is trans, and she Honestly, fucks. Honestly, I believe that. She fucks. Okay, wait, going back to, do you know why? Or is it just... I, there's less I don't know. Than, there are fewer men on Earth than women, so that would be... Because they're being killed by lightning. I mean, probably. No, I. this is something that I heard. I don't know where it, I got no, it from. No, make something up. I'm going to make something up. I think it's because men are running away from the old ball and chain at home and climbing things outside. Oh, I bet that is it, where men are more, more likely to be like, oh, outside this isn't that big of a deal. And holding metal rods and stuff. Yeah, maybe. Because they're laborers. That's interesting. My A friend of my dad's growing up, she was doing dishes during a lightning storm. She got struck by lightning twice. Is she okay? I mean, she's not all there, but she lives. I kind of would enjoy that. You would enjoy it? I don't think you would I don't think that. I would. I'm going to cut that out. I think it's... No, leave it in. <laughs> no. You said it. I think I would enjoy... Because uh, I... Okay, this is a separate thing. But I, like, really enjoy having bad memory now. Like, I'm really living in it. Because it helps me deal with uh, not having That's to remember... That's dissociation. Yeah. That's like a... <laughs> That's actually PTSD is what you're saying. Yeah, no, I really okay. enjoy it. As long it. as you know. I mean, whatever. But I'm going to forget this conversation. We've all been, listen, we have all been there. Anyways, look up CPSD. It means it's complex. You look so strong right now. Sahana. <laughs> Shout out to our friend Sahana. Who's buff as hell? Hell yeah. Okay, on to the, the rest of the headlines. Madison County, a county in North Carolina, 
the schools have voted to put an AR-15 in every school in the district. I'm sorry, is this like, is this going to be like when a kid pulls a fire extinguisher, like, are, like or fire alarm, like, are they going to break... Yeah. Do they are they gonna have it in a glass case? They're gonna have it so they installed gun safes in every school and inside every gun safe is an AR fifteen. Who has access to these gun safes? Exactly. exactly. Is it gonna be like the school mascot? Like who My guess is that they will probably keep it either A, keep it so secret that when there is a problem nobody can get inside the gun safe because they have to go looking for the combination. Or B, they will let too many people know what the combination is, and therefore it is. Or now they'll get the gun, and like with the Uvalde police, they'll have it and not, not do anything yeah. with it. Or if you let people know who knows, that'll be the person that the mass shooter targets first. Wait, you know what I saw? I read this for the first time. Schools no longer have set armed shooter response strategies that they, you know, like in class, sometimes they'd walk kids through, like, here's the plan if a shooter comes in. I feel like that but was... But they can't do that because it trains, because the, the, whoever yeah, the shooter yeah. is will be inside the classroom. Yeah. So now every classroom has a different, has their own, like... To minimize? To minimize the... It's like how when you go to the airport, everybody's screening process is a little bit different so that you can't memorize what it what it's like. I didn't know that was a thing at the airport. Yeah. So I was like, that's... Fucked up. Yeah. I just it's fucked up that that has to exist. It, that's just so crazy. But also, you're assuming that your algebra two class is going to keep a secret. You know what I mean? It's like I mean, it's putting that, more burden on the kids. And then it's the also it's like every year it changes. Kids aren't going to remember. They're going to freak out. It's not going to become. They have to memory. study for the SATs. Like they can't. I can't even believe we're still doing SATs. That's a whole nother problem. Although California schools, don't, you don't need to submit them anymore. The UCs. That's true. State schools, babe. Okay, this AR-15 thing in the schools is just, like, I know, isn't that so mind. wacky? It does feel like a South Park episode. Yeah. It's so... And also, here's the thing. You are, like, two times more likely to die by gunfire if you own a gun. Like, if there's a gun in your home, you are now more likely to become the victim of a... Of a this is why... Okay. Shooting. I live in LA. I take the bus. Everybody's like, Carrie Mace, you're being an idiot. Why are you out at 11 p.m.? Like, that's not safe. And I'm like... I do kind of agree with that. Ellery agrees with that and is really upset. I mean, like, time. don't carry Mace, but you don't need to be outside at 11 o'clock. Okay, but that's the thing is, like, everybody's like, Carrie Mace and a taser and all this stuff. And I'm like... I'm going to mace myself in the face. <laughs> I, I actually, I totally agree with that. I know that about me. I totally agree. Me too. No, me too. I know that about myself. You like, should get one of those little cat things that like go on your... I'm going to sit on it. Like I, fair, if fair I, enough. Fair enough. If I own a weapon, it will be... You'll use it on I'll, yourself. It'll be accident. my own defeat. Yeah. Who was the guy that shot himself in the leg? Was that Plaxico Burris? That, that is an there? amazing name. Yeah, hold on. There was a person who their dog was named Trigger and stepped on the gun and <gasps> shot and I think killed them. It was Plaxico Burris. I'm an NFL super fan. Oh, was that when he shot himself in the crotch? Yeah, in the leg. He was at oh, a club and he there had was someone, his gun on with him. There was someone who shot themselves in the crotch. On purpose? No. Oh. I don't know why. I, I don't know. Maybe can you imagine some like really intense feeling. Can you imagine you're in you're at home, you're getting robbed. You grab your gun, you shoot yourself in the groin, and the robber's like, I'm done. This is too much I do for think me. That's something, some, there's something to that about being crazy like, than the person who's trying to rob out you. Crazy. Someone followed me on a bike while I was walking, and I was on Clubhouse doing a show, and it was nighttime, and they were like basically chasing me. And then I tried to out-crazy him while I was doing a show to, like, 400 people on this audio platform. You're literally doing a set while this is happening. Yeah, You're I was like, oh, you think I'm, f I was like, you think I'm fucking normal? I'm yelling this at 400 people. <laughs> I'm live streaming this, so you can't you can't make a crime. You can't do one. I mean, we've seen a lot of live streamed crimes. So many, 
so many. But some yeah. people, those are people who are live streaming them on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of crazy people with a live stream, are you watching the Alex Jones lawsuit? I'm watching all of the memes, which... They're pretty good. They're, they're been pretty good. Pretty, the whole court case has been a real a clown show. Like, it's, it was a circus of a courtroom. So, so Alex Jones is being sued, sued by the parents of the Sandy Hook victims. Just one set of parents. Yeah. Um, but one set of parents that he really came after. The specific set of parents have had to move six times. Like, they said their house and their car was shot up. Absolutely. They sued him for defamation. The TLDR of this. Yeah, go for it. Which, by the... I love how in tune we are when we're not on Zoom. <laughs> by the way, somebody has threatened to sue me for defamation for saying what happened. And I looked it up. It's really hard to, like, successfully sue someone for defamation because you have to prove, like, a set of things, including that what happened wasn't true, that it damaged the person, that it caused, like, a certain amount of damages like to either their income or like, you know, their life or whatever. So it takes a lot to fulfill a defamation lawsuit. So the fact that they were able to do it means like you have to jump through a lot of hoops. So the fact that they were able to do it means a lot. Yeah. So right before the case, the parent company who owns InfoWars filed for bankruptcy, but the records show that they were making about $64 million a year prior to that. And he's worth like 250 or $260 million or something like that. Yeah, and so the decision was that he is ordered to pay just about $50 million to these parents. But some of the highlights were he hired his lawyer from Twitter. That lawyer accidentally sent copies of every single text message that Alex Jones has sent in the last two years to prosecution. Those texts proved that Jones withheld evidence by not submitting them earlier during discovery and also that he lied under oath. Jones tried to ask for a mistrial and the judge said no because he should have submitted all of those text messages during discovery. Also Jones' lawyer didn't tell him that those text messages had been leaked until Jones was on the stand and well, he found out in real time. Well, Jones's lawyer was like, hey, please disregard that. We'll send another link later in the email. And then they got upset that the other lawyer clicked it, cl like used it. And they were trying to like, I don't know the legal term, but like object about it. And the judge was like, no, it's perfectly fine. Yeah. You can't have a mistrial or like try. No, to and also you should have submitted. Yeah, <laughs> they were. The lawyer was like, "Oopsie, didn't mean to do that. It's not fair." Oh my gosh! It just reminds me. Everybody of like, gets what they deserve, I guess. This Alex Jones's lawyer in my mind reminds me of like remember Trump's doctor? How he looked like looked ridiculous. <laughs> I actually saw this clip because you posted on your Instagram story, but Alex Jones lied under oath so many times during the hearings that the judge had to stop sessions more than once to tell him to cut it out. Yeah. She was like, you can't claim this. You can't claim this. You can't claim this. Yeah. Like, there is a reality and you have to, this is not your show, basically. And he was like, well, I believed it to be true. And she's like, it doesn't matter what you believe. But then it, the thing is, like, none of these people are going to drop character. Like, yeah. they're not, they're not going to drop character. So then how do you convince them that, like, this is not your playground? Like, how do you get them to, like, actually tell the the truth and like drop that facade if they have one and if they don't then like how the fuck do you get through the, to them at all so true but that was like a particularly really good point that she made where she was like you saying i thought that it was true does not mean that it was true yeah because he was like well i believed it to be true and she's like right you believed but it wasn't and yeah. there's a very important difference between those two things but like it just seems like people can't navigate that distinction <laughs> No, they can't, and I think that they feel really self-righteous in, like, if they believe it enough, then that's all yeah, that matters. Yeah, then that's what matters, and that's what makes yeah. it true. I, or I, if they say they believe it I also it don't enough. know how you get somebody back from that point. Like, you can't use logic to get 
somebody out of a position they didn't use logic to get themselves into. This is 100% like why I get really upset when people's arguments like go back to the Bible. I'm like, argue about a book that's like nonfiction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can't, if you go back to the Bible, I'm not, I can't argue with you about anything because I don't know what the fuck's in it because I didn't read it. I'm like, like that's I don't not care. applicable to me. That's not applicable to that's, me. There's a really great clip of this woman from the Young Turks who was like, I, I don't, the Young Turks. I don't give a shit about the Bible. It's not my religious book and you can't make arguments from it that affect my body like she was talking about being pro-choice it was just a really really good clip about how like that's the book that you subscribe to that's great but we can't argue from that yeah well that's also the like i don't know well we'll talk about this more later when it comes to cpac and like christian nationalism but like the idea that it has to apply to all of us just because you feel like it applies to you is so ridiculous and they would never take that from any other religion what? because i grew up so secular i have a really hard time understanding it and i like also holding either. space and having empathy my for that. my piano teacher told me that Where is this going? <laughs> i have to tell you my piano I, teacher the christian nationalist i would grew up in utah my piano oh, teacher yeah. the mormon i had like my finger was my pinky finger was hurting one day and she was like well that's because you're vegetarian and i was like I don't know and she was like yeah and I was like well I don't want to eat meat and she was like well you should eat meat because in the bible it says <laughs> and I was like I can't who's God I'm not gonna practice my chords this way <laughs> okay if you had one book whose rules you could like enforce on anyone or like basically like dive into the logic of and try to like bell hooks all about love Okay, that's fun. I thought it would be fun to apply. Oh, like a crazy book? Yeah, I was like, why not like Lord of the Rings or Dr. Seuss? Ew. You know what I mean? Like, why not something Just insane? upside down, bizarre Just world? Just full, like, dragons hoarding wealth, a ring that makes you disappear. I do think if I ever date another man again, which might not happen, I am going to make sure that he reads like three books about masculinity before, before we get on that path. Before, <laughs> before we get on that Before we, before we... Click into that roller coaster. I'm like, here are three books that you need to read so that I know. What are the three books? I don't bell know. Hooks. Three. But definitely the Bell Hooks. She has one all about love and one the will to change, which is even more about masculinity. And then maybe I would have him read, like, there's one book I read about verbal abuse and mm. how, like, and now the, after I've read it, I'm like, I see it everywhere. Oh, I like, like see between it too. couples. I just the tension and the way that they're talking to each other. And I'm like, I don't even know that you guys know that what you're doing is abusive, but it is. Like, very toxic. It's very toxic. So I yeah. want to have them read those. That's nice. I would make them read... Oh, James Baldwin is another good one. Oh, that is a really good one. Notes of a Native Son. That's a really good one. Yeah. I would just make them watch Baldwin interviews. Oh, and yeah. I would intently watch their the, face. Yeah, to see, <laughs> to see, <laughs> to see what react. their reaction is. Wait, you're, you're, Baldwin and, and Toni Morrison interviews. Um, yeah. I love Toni. Your tweet the other day about, should I start dating again or should I set my apartment? I don't know. Me. It's still a toss-up. Me. Dude. I might set it on fire. Me. I saw that and I was like, that's me. Um, <laughs> Nancy Pelosi is in Taiwan this week. Probably appropriating some cultural outfit. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm positive of it. She's taking a broader trip to Asia, and this is just one of the stops along the way. She's gone a few times, but she's suspected to retire soon, so she... This you hear like, that, Diane Feinstein? Yeah, literally, take a hint. Anyway, she's suspected to retire soon, so this would be her last trip, and that's why she wants to go. You know, Pelosi does support Taiwan and Taiwanese independence, and she's talked about that. And the U.S. does, too, in so much as they supply, you know, funds and armaments to Taiwan, but they would never say it, obviously, because it would just create so much tension with China. 
And this is something that we've been doing for a very long time. But you can just check the torpedoes for the American flag. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So basically, this has escalated tensions with China. And everybody knew that it would. And so they are now, you know, running military drills near Taiwan just as a show of force. It's really, it's not unlike the Ukraine and Russia situation. And a lot of people who are familiar with the Ukraine and Russia situation think that that is an indicator that... China will invade Taiwan. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So yeah, they're staging military drills nearby. And what's interesting is that like, listen, Nancy, I get it and I agree with you. And you know, Taiwanese independence for sure. End of episode. End of episode. <laughs> Nancy, I, I agree with so you. But it's so complicated. It definitely has consequences that are beyond It has very broad global consequences and it just makes and listen, you know how I feel about Joe Biden, but it does make his job. You think he's like the sexiest man alive? Call me. <laughs> I don't think he's even able to do that anymore. I think that part of his life. He is might call right. out for help to yes. you. Okay, he would I, die in the middle. I want to say a thing that Nancy did on this trip that was the most Nancy thing that she could have done. I read a tweet from. I'm reading a tweet from Ken Moriyasu. And she was at a Tokyo press conference and she said, if we do not speak out for human rights in China because of commercial interests, we lose all moral authority to speak out on human rights any place in the world. And she keeps talking about China and Taiwan. The Chinese have tried to isolate Taiwan, keeping them most recently from taking part in the WHO. They may try to keep Taiwan from visiting or participating in other places, but they will not isolate Taiwan by preventing us to travel there. And then she goes on to talk about Taiwan being one of the freest places in the world and our friendship with Taiwan. And then she says, when I was a little girl, I was told at the beach, if I dug a hole deep enough, we would reach China. I forgot so, about that. So we I forgot about that. So we've always felt a connection there. I forgot that she said that. This is her proverbial kneeling with Kente Claus. Like it she cannot absolutely is. She cannot not be cringe. Like, I'm like who is your speechwriter? Like did somebody write that for her? Did she come up with that by herself? I just imagined her in a room with a group of women with the exact same haircut and they're all her speechwriters. They're like that same age. <laughs> Bringing it back home away from the international news, or actually not even because there's a lot of international news inside this national story. CPAC was this week. That's the conservative meeting group. A bunch of crazy stuff was there, obviously, including an art installation with a man in a jail cell that was supposed to represent the January 6th rioters. No notes. No notes. Marjorie Taylor Greene... Do you think Banksy is a conservative? <laughs> no, I think he's a neoliberal. Okay. Yeah, I feel like he, I feel like he's old enough to be that way now. Well, I'm also like thinking about his art. It's like, sure, it's political, but it's not, it's not that it's like political. A, it's like a little like... Yeah, it's like... Outdated. It is a little. I think when it, when it popped off, it was probably really political. And now it's like Mickey Mouse holding a gun. And it's like... Okay, I think it is it. like a man in a jail cell, but like on the other side of it. There's just like very... Very performative. Love them. I think we brought up Banksy in way too many episodes. That's my bad. <laughs> I will say the coolest thing he did was the one piece where it shredded. Shredded. Yeah, That's we talked cool. about that. That was dope. We should do a an art world deep dive because there's a lot of weirdo stuff there. I really want to talk about fashion because I know nothing about it and it feels too rich. Too skinny and rich. Too skinny and rich. It yeah. is rich. I mean, it's just... I just don't understand it's it. It's like, money laundering. When they... Okay, but we said that about, like, high art, too. When they... Okay, here's what I want to know. All of those videos that go viral of them, like, walking in, like, crazy, like, Lady Gaga outfits, who wears those? Nobody wears those, right? That's just, like, a show. That is a show. That's exactly what it is. So and then, then also, they put it at a price point where if they sell one, they, like, make their money back. That's so weird. What's, the, like, the comedy equivalent of doing that? 
There's no like comedy equivalent. No, of there's being no like, comedy equivalent of doing that. Maybe like doing corporate shit. No, because there's no. They're just almost like incomparable a, because people. You have to to make money doing comedy. You have to be as broad as possible. But so if, like it's like a, if it's like so a if it's like a corporate like roast show, yeah, I don't know something. I don't know something like very inaccessible that gets thrown away immediately, and costs thousands of dollars. Maybe a show in Saudi millions Arabia. of dollars. Yeah, millions of dollars. And, and women can't do it, so that sounds right. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so CPAC this week, a bunch of crazy stuff. The craziest being Viktor Orban, who's a the Hungarian prime minister and is incredibly, incredibly conservative. So conservative that recently he made a speech where he lashed out about race mixing and said that European races should not mix with non-European races. Which Ellery has always said. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Ellery you, I have Smith. been trying to marry your brother for like months. <laughs> I know. Okay? I know. <laughs> it's, it's a real internal struggle for you. <laughs> Some of his features are Eurocentric, but others. Anyway, <laughs> Victor Orban gave this speech and it was so bad that one of his higher ups resigned and said that it was Nazi rhetoric. So Victor Orban made a speech at CPAC. Everybody loved it. Why did they love it? Because this shows an, an alliance between nationalist parties, which is really interesting. And I was also confused about, like, not confused, but I was like, you know, it's such America first, like, what do they see in this European country? Yeah. And Peter Montgomery, who's a senior fellow at Right Wing Watch, which is a group that monitors right wing extremism in America, he summed this up, I think, in a really good condensed way. And he said, right wing leaders love Viktor Orban for the same reasons they love Vladimir Putin. This overt embrace of Christian nationalism, willingness to use strongman tactics, and the power of the government to enforce so-called traditional values about family and sexuality. So really what they see is like this near dictator, what they think of as quote unquote doing it right. Yeah. I just really love that you read with your finger moving across just the Just to screen. make sure. Just when I'm quoting somebody. It's like adorable. Just when I'm quoting somebody so I don't <laughs> slip up and misquote them and have them say something awful. I think it's very obvious, like especially during the Trump era where even if it's a country that's like at odds with American like freedom or like American I supposed ideals, like people are totally willing to sell out to authoritarian regimes if they can have exert that type of control over marginalized groups that white American white Christian nationalist Americans admire. Yeah, and I mean Marjorie Taylor Greene has already said, like she literally at CPAC said that she's proud to be a Christian nationalist because she feels like that's what Americans are. Was this before or after she knelt in that fake jail? Cell? And she cried. I saw somebody put the Brazzers um oh my sticker god. on that. Oh my god. Okay, we also go back to that picture and look at her foot. What is with her foot? She, her fake tan. <laughs> oh my god, this is like the Chloe. This is the Kim hand. No, no, no it was the Chloe, Chloe Kardashian hand oh. where she. It was like, but Kim also has it where she has to put like spray tan on her. She spray tan her whole body except for her feet, so her feet are ghost white. There's also a twenty dollar bill that she dropped. Right by her feet. This whole thing oh is so god. strange. This is so weird. Also, I love that in the jail cell, he's wearing a Make America Great Again hat, hat and then so also, funny. like, a badge to allow him into CPAC. <laughs> so it's, like, it's, not, it's, it's like, not a perfect art installation. It's we the can come and go as we please, but I hate orange is not my color. Oh, my God. So ridiculous. And so, yeah, the big speech here was Victor Orban, who also, for what it's worth, Tucker Carlson spent a week last year in Hungary interviewing him 
And Tucker Carlson is like his biggest fan, is constantly regurgitating the white replacement theory that Viktor Orban oh my God, yeah. has basically popularized in recent years. It's ancient sort of rhetoric, but they're bringing it back under trad culture. And so, wait, can you explain what trad culture is? Uh, trad culture is traditional values packaged up for the alt right and sold to particularly young men, but some young women. I like um, to call it long denim skirt girls. But that is so <laughs> funny. Well, you know more about trad culture. Than most people because of Utah. Yeah. That's yep. that's real trad culture. Out yeah. There. It's also like the Christian fall girl. Yeah. That sort of. A little bit. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And then also like you'll see now people converting to Catholicism because it's trendy or like Catholicism really? is sort of like trendy in like a, a Lana Del Rey sort of way. What do you like? I don't understand this. I don't understand it. Why is it trendy? Oh, is it is it kind of like when everybody was into like Kabbalah? Yeah. That's exactly what, like the red bracelets. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. I, and it also, I think, reflects a return to traditional values for people who don't understand what a dog whistle that phrase is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when alcoholics become born again Christians. Yes, that's exactly. And also, I think as things get worse in like the world, things get less stable. People cling to something. People cling to stuff like that. So I think people in power use it as like a rebranding and then people who aren't in power just like actually need something. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. And then they end up falling down this pipeline and it just further radicalizes them. Other people on the lineup include your basic, you know, right wing nuts. We already talked about Marjorie Taylor Greene, but Steve Bannon, of course, who is about to serve a few days in prison, as we'll remember, and Mike Lindell, chief executive of MyPillow. This looks exactly like a comedy lineup I saw recently. <laughs> I think I know which one you're talking about. I think I know which one you're talking about. This would sell Have out you ever at certain seen, clubs. Like CPAC does do comedy shows, and there are like, is that it's like Jim Brewer? Jim, oh God. Maybe we we bleep that out, but no, fuck Jim Brewer. There are there are conservative comedians who do like this whole circuit, and they make a bunch of money because there aren't a lot of people playing in that arena. Did you see that video of Ted Cruz saying that his pronouns were "kiss my ass"? Okay, you're not even doing it in the right format. Like it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I get what you're going for, but it should be a one slash two. He's like, my name is Ted Cruz, yeah. and my pronouns are "kiss my ass," and it's like that's you're being greedy. You're, but, you're getting three. You but that, get oh, two. so you're, are you saying that like gender is a spectrum because you get three and not two and it's not a binary? <laughs> I was like, why are you talking about your ass? Yeah. I think it's both really funny when people like get the pronoun thing. Like they're like, I would never use pronouns. And then it's like you use you it. You use them all of the time. But I also think it's funny when people respond that way because it's like, you also know that they don't give a shit about using they don't them shit properly or knowing. It's just like representative of fluidity that threatens them. I think that's true. And I'm also like, two things. First of all, I think if America had a higher average reading grade than the sixth grade, this would be a much easier conversation to have. But so many people are so functionally illiterate. That's a direct no, attack. Uh, through attack. no fault of their own. Direct. Okay, so she's defending R. Kelly. Um, <laughs> listen, there are lots of people who can't read and don't become sex predators. But we really are going to cut that whole thing out. <laughs> we are really going to cut that whole thing I out. I think that's true. I think that's true, too. This is not an attack on... Anybody who can't read is a pedophile. That's what she's saying. Okay, I'm out. <laughs> I have 100% control. I like that this whole out. podcast is us playing chicken. I'm <laughs> like, you can say that. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Oh, uh, man. All right, for some good news, the Inflation Reduction Act, it passed today... The Senate passed it with our vice president, Ms. Harris, passing the 
tie-breaking vote. Okay, I have a question about this. Yeah? So I saw that it, like, people said that it passed, but then it said it's now up for debate on the floor. Is that a different thing? Maybe it just got passed into being heard. Like, everybody agreed That's to hear it. That's what I thought it was. I, the one I said today saw today looked like, all of the headlines I saw made it look like it had passed. Okay, cool. So we're, I think we're going to go with that, and then we can reel it back in. But there were a bunch of provisions that made it not the best bill in the world. For instance, Republicans voted no on a $35 price cap for insulin that was baked into the bill. That's Martin Shkreli's up. He's winning. He's winning right city now. City girl's up, for real. <laughs> Martin Shkreli's a city girl. He's no a, comment. He's on that team. He is on that team. I do think that. Yeah. Didn't he date Annabelle Levy? Or he dated somebody interesting. Oh, no. So there was a woman who was a journalist who, like, gave up her family for him. And he was like, I'm not that into it. And she was like, I'm in love with him. Dude. Sometimes I worry Decenter that... men. Sometimes I worry that could be you, Ellery. I worry. Don't ever say that to me again. <laughs> that was a really... <gasps> I'm a very hurtful thing that you I'm said kidding. To I just feel like, I feel like you could enter a cult and then, like, make it work for, like, hot girls. Do you know what I mean? I do think I'm, like, pretty susceptible. I do think I would be very susceptible to a cult. I think you would be susceptible, but then I think they would be like, no, this isn't what, what we meant. Like, you would, you would get in there and then you'd be like, okay, so this like, wealth well, that you're taking, we're redistributing right. it. And they'd be like, mm, we don't want this. And you're like, no, but I love it here. <laughs> I guess. I think we're going to start a cult and not realize yeah. So the Inflation Reduction Act, it included climate policy. We talked about this last week, the climate policy stuff specifically, but obviously because they needed to get Manchin on board, it includes a lot of baked in provisions for big polluters like oil and coal, which is not good. And while it's a huge win for Dems and it's, you know, really great to have right before the midterms, it's good for Joe Biden. Many people agree that this just doesn't go far enough, including people like Bernie Sanders, who was really disappointed to see things like tax increases for the wealthy stripped away and negotiated. Something is always better than nothing. I'll say that. I also think my overlord, Tommy Vitor, over at Cooked Media, he mentioned, I think on Colbert recently, that for, or maybe it was John Favreau, but they, they did the math and like for every three tons of like carbon or something that's added because of this, 24 is removed. So like over the long term, the climate bill is actually like winning, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, we're still supposed to be like 40% carbon emissions cut by 2030, yeah. 2040, which is great. It's big. And something is always better than nothing. I mean, obviously, I think we're both fairly opposed to incrementalism, but I'm not going to shit on the bill. I think it does a lot of good, but there's always room to ask for more and I'm ask for better. pro-incrementalism when it comes to going to the gym. <laughs> I'm pro... That's how you should be incremental with the gym. Yeah, but like... I'm not. I'm pro-HGH. Yeah, that's true. She, she chugged a bottle on our last episode. A bottle of HGH? <laughs> like that jar. <laughs> I thought it's injectable, right? I don't... Yeah, but does it matter when we're riffing about it? No. <laughs> I'm just asking for me. I you actually have to burn HGH off of a spoon and like, then inject it or something? You I know, no people do crazy shit. People do crazy... I bet there's somebody who does it like that. Yeah, 100%. Here are some abortion updates. I need one if anybody's practicing. Oh my god, congrats. Thank you. I'm like jealous. We're going raise to raise it together. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not having any sex at all. Not that it matters, but... <laughs> Please review the podcast. <laughs> rate and review the podcast. And then you might be raising it on your child. I mean, you're going to raise it with me. Yeah, that's true. Sorry to dump that on you. No, we're definitely doing this. Yeah. Okay. Guys, I'm not pregnant. Don't tell me I look pregnant in any of my pictures. That's not funny. Has anybody done that? No, but I did. This is... 
there was, I, this is so random, I was freshman year roommates with a girl, or sophomore year, whatever, and her mom posted a picture of her, like, in some jeans, and her mom had, like, zero followers, basically, and a random guy commented to be like, yikes. What the fuck? And I think about that every day. I'm like, that is... Oh, I did make a lot of money off of a viral tweet where I said... Oh, were said, you offered to comment on people's stuff? I offered to comment brave under three pictures of their exes, and I made hundreds of dollars that day. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> but That's I did... so mean. I, no, I didn't... I tried to do it in a way where it's like, not pictures where, like, their body or... like. No, but I, mean? I think that's hilarious. Hey, any, any yeah. way that you need to cash a check, cash a check. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not anyway. But that's why us. this episode is sponsored by My Pillow, <laughs> <laughs> by Lockheed Martin. Yeah. Okay. Abortion updates. Indiana outlawed abortion completely, making it the first state to pass a restrictive law since the overturning of Roe v. Wade in June. Boo. Boo. Yeah. Not not much to be said there. Pretty upsetting. Disappointing. But it does make it all the more important that Kansas, who is literally an island of abortion refuge in the Midwest and is surrounded by states that have nearly zero access to abortion, Kansas voted to safeguard abortion by an overwhelming amount. 60% of people voted no on the amendment, which would have seriously restricted abortion access. This vote surprised a lot of people, but is reflective of popular opinion on abortion currently, overall. There was like a huge turnout and I think like 100,000 independents turned out even though it was like more catered towards like a, the Republican primary. Yeah. So Republicans weren't expecting that and it was it was just like an incredible win. More people were pro-choice across the board even in like cities and areas where like Trump won. Mm-hmm. It was just like a huge win across the state. Yeah, which is great. And Kansas is, you know, definitively red, so I think that people weren't necessarily expecting that. I mean, looking forward to the midterms, I think this is ultimately a good sign. Everybody expects Dems to lose ground because historically powers and party lose seats in the midterms. But, you know, the abortion amendment sort of being on the table and the Inflation Reduction Act passage, it could be good for Dems, but I really wonder how much the everyday American will notice that in their lives. No, that was like one of the number one concerns is like inflation. Right, but I'm saying that like, That could work against us if people don't see the Inflation Reduction Act actually working when it comes to buying groceries or buying gas. Yeah, that's true. So I'm like, if those things, and because it's only three months away, like anything they pass now will not take effect. Take effect. So if gas prices are still really high, I think it could be sort of a bloodbath for Dems. But you added something about John Fetterman, which is, I think... Well, there's just, like, a lot of, like, positive news in individual races. Yes. Like, John Fetterman, for example, is just wiping the floor Such with Dr. Oz. Race. He's, yeah. like, in the 50-something percentile approval rating compared to, like, Oz's, like, late 30s, early 40s percentage approval. And he's doing it, like, because he, he had strokes. He hasn't been able to, like, go out and campaign for months. John Fetterman? Yeah. Wow. I guess so, I did know that, but he... So he hasn't been able to, like campaign in the same way that Dr. Oz has, but they have, like, an incredible digital I was about to say, they're, they're running such a good digital campaign, it almost doesn't matter that he's not out on the ground. It doesn't, and Dr. Oz is not taking that path, you know, because his team is not as savvy in that no. way, and so it's, like, they've really been really smart about it in, like, a really fun way, and they keep emphasizing that Dr. Oz is, like, not from New from Jersey. Really? They keep emphasizing that he is, like, an elitist. He's he, a person. He had this quote where he was, like, there's not much difference in your lifestyle when you, or in your happiness between someone who makes 50000 and $50 million. Fuck. <laughs> fuck off. Like, what the fuck are you fuck talking about? Off. And there are all these videos of him just doing rich people shit. So it's, like, they're really utilizing that to their advantage. 
And I think like working class Americans, regardless of party, are going to be like, ideally would be disgusted by yeah. that. Yeah, and I think they will. And I do think like, it's hard to tell because everybody, specifically as it pertains to like politics, everybody, you know, will hammer in the fact that Twitter is not real life and like things you see there don't necessarily translate politically. But I do think with John Fetterman, it will. Yeah, I think he's just like too good at trolling Dr. Oz. He's really good, and then and then he's so good that he gets picked up by like actual media outlets. Yeah. And so I think because he's running a, such a strong campaign over there, I do think it will translate. I hope. Yeah, it is definitely like hard to replicate that, but I do think like people like leaning into their strengths that way with yeah. the progressive Democrats. That's something that other races should look at. Is just like you might not be as like media savvy, but like lean into like a couple hardcore points Definitely. of, like, the weaknesses of your opponent. And I also think, like, when you see Dems run, I feel like so many of them are really afraid to be progressive and to stick with yeah. progressive talking points and can be shamed out of those ideas by when people, you know, do some red scaring and say, like, oh, this person is a communist. And it's like, no, no, they're not. They just want, like, to talk about health care. Like, they just want to talk about, like, foundational social services. Yeah. And, listen... It's really hard to overstate the amount of damage that Ronald Reagan, like, did to our political psyche. Like, the fact that people now have been convinced that the government doesn't need to feed them, doesn't need to help them in any way, that people who do need those things are bad people or, you know, are aren't working hard enough. Like, all of the handouts that the top 1% that the private business sector gets, like, we are entitled to that too, potentially even more so. There's a really interesting argument that I saw on this like conservative I saw Hassan responding to a conservative podcast who had a guest I think his name was like Professor Wolf um, I don't know or something I can't remember okay. but he was a professor and he had like a really great point about how everybody gets mad at the government for like corporations taking jobs overseas and they just like view the government as this like evil entity which in a lot of ways it definitely is but it shouldn't be like ideally you shouldn't just blame the government for what like the upper class is doing like there's a lot of in the Venn diagram of it there's like a lot of overlap between capitalists and the government but that's not what the social contract should no lead that's to not what the government is for. right the government is should give you these social services also and the idea that the government has to be a business and run like a business I think so many people fundamentally misunderstand what a government is for yeah and that's to take care of its people and to provide and it doesn't need to be a money-making enterprise also a free market like the it's the free market is so controlled by tax breaks and by you know all of these things that we give companies that it, we can hardly call it a free market. You know, very opposite of the love don't cost a thing mentality. It costs a lot. <laughs> it costs a it lot. It costs a lot. And also, it's like anytime that the free market works for workers, anytime that the free market demands that wages go up, suddenly the Fed comes in and is like. It's interesting because, like, we love government and we support government, but there are so many things wrong with our government. Like, as a concept, yeah. I think that we're pro-government. We're, we're definitely pro, I, like, this utopian government that we hope would, like, provide yeah. I services mean, there is, that... there is no utopian. I just mean, like, as a concept, government, I think we're pro. Because, like, that's what... Co community aid comes in because governments fall apart and they yeah. stop agreeing to do what they should be doing. Do you know what I mean? But... There are governments in the world that, that do show up for their constituents. I mean, it's rare that they show up in every single way, but some people, you know, do invest in getting it right. I agree. And I think it's trickle-down economics that has really, like, stolen a lot of that from us. And you would think with, like, how great Nancy Reagan was at blowjobs, he'd be, like, a little bit you think chiller. that she would save the country, but no. No. 
That's, also, she Which ran. is a really good point that blowjobs can also be used for evil. So true. So true. <laughs> she also did run his, like, second term, basically. She was, like, the president, more or less. Yeah. I very much feel that in, like, hetero relationships when I, like, go to, like, hang out with my male friends and I always have to go through their Girlfriend? girlfriends to, like, oh, schedule God. things. That was basically Nancy Pelosi during Reagan's second term. I'm also, like... I'm like, oh, congratulations on falling in love with your secretary, essentially. That literally is what relationships used to be like. And yeah. you, you still can't. It's not even used it. to be. It's no, it very is. strong it is. in hetero I know. relationships. But, like, not in our, our life. We're, we're, our lives are so wonderful now. We see such a diverse array of people who live all different kinds of lives that we've sort of be, been able to move away from that. But, like, I see on TikTok all the time. I don't people, know. I'm super into trad culture, so exactly. speak for yourself. Dude, <laughs> on TikTok, people are like, yeah, I have to, like, remind my husband to, like, pick the kids up from school or like my one lady was like yeah I my husband brought his kid to the wrong school he didn't know what school he went to that is hilarious I'm just like can you that that's your life partner that is your life partner that is so funny that is so funny to it me that to your that dad way. is, like, your dad is so Checked just, out. like, do, probably doesn't even listen to you as you're like, no, we passed it. That is hilarious. One of my favorite things is dads doing their daughter's hair and then getting, like, enormous amounts of applause for it. I love that. Yeah. I love like, that. that Hygiene. Yeah. But I'm also like, you know what? If it gets more dads involved, whatever. If we need to lift up our, I mean, whatever. There is a crisis of manhood in this country and it starts very young. And we don't always give men the tools to be, like, actively involved. And we don't tell them what's needed. Which is why you have to read those three books before you fuck me. You're going to have homework. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the world didn't prepare you, but it's time to get ready. I think that should be the title of your album. Why you have to read these three, three books. books before you fuck me. Nobody gets free press on my album, not even Bill Hooks. I'm sorry. I can't even get a man to just, like, pay for dinner before fucking oh me. <laughs> like, I just if I girl summers we need summer reading list summer okay? it's august <laughs> summer's over you missed the point <laughs> we need summer reading list back oh, i have... actually do think we need summer reading lists back That'd i really fun. do think we do Wait, I... let's swap lists next summer i mean no i had a book club for like a year and a half that's so fun i had a book club that was a book and movie club that was focused on black creators and fun. it was cool i think we should do that again that's fun i like that should we move into some local stuff? Yes. I was really happy to see that comptroller candidate and city, city council. council woman, Kenneth Mejia. Oh, and yeah, Nicey. she's a city council She's a city woman council now. woman. She won. Yay! She won! Kenneth Mejia and Unices Hernandez visited Colorado to learn about STAR, which is a support team-assisted response. It operates seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., and they've responded to over 5,500 calls, and they didn't use the police at all. They are meant to respond to people in a bunch of different types of crises, intoxication, mental health, behavioral. And so it was really cool that they went there to learn. And even Kenneth, just as a candidate, because he hasn't won yet, went there to learn about this program and are trying to bring back that knowledge to LA. And I think that's really cool because every time everybody's like, well, if we didn't have the police, what would we have? And it's like, cities have implemented these programs already. I don't know. I just think it's really great, especially in Colorado. Um, Do you know what's town in Colorado? I thought that they were in Denver. Okay. I'm I'm not sure. I'm curious about, like, size and scale. Because obviously doing that stuff is harder in cities that are, you know, much larger, like Los Angeles. But it's totally worth seeing, you know, how they do it. Yeah, they were in Denver. In Denver. And Denver's a big city, so I think that's a really... Oh, my God, I love that so much. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I think it's, like, people are always 
trying to poke holes yeah. in, in your argument when you're like, the system is really failing us and a lot of people are suffering. And they're like, well, what's the alternative? And it's like, there are already alternatives being implemented. There are case studies that show that this is Absolutely. the way to go. So and I think are all, those are also things that we used to have. This goes back to Reagan, but those are things that we used to have and that we've just defunded and defunded and defunded. And what's interesting is that every time we move to defund these things, Republicans will say, oh, well, churches will step in. Like, what, whatever we don't provide for as a government, like, a lot of food programs have been cut because Republicans have been, have been like, well, that's what churches are for. Which is such a fucked up thing to say to people who are not involved in churches. Yeah. And, like, that is not our life and that is not no. something we want to come to and have strings be attached exactly. or even be around. Exactly. And it's, like, so many free food programs run through religious affiliates are actually just missionary work. It's just missionary work. Oh, 100%. But yeah, there's an alternative, and yeah. uh, we really and we're excited about it. We're we're super excited about it, and because I was really excited about this, I wanted to look into different mutual aid programs that are in Colorado, and they have a community fridge program in Colorado, and you can go to their link tree, which is linktree slash Colorado Community Fridges or their Instagram, which is Instagram.com slash Denver Community Fridges. And it's really cool and they keep stuff updated. I think they also have one in Boulder, but I'm not sure how updated that one is. But it's just another fridge program in another city. And so if you live there, check uh, it out. Bring also, food. One or of my, stop by, clean it up. You know, there are lots of ways to be helpful. You don't have to spend money. Sometimes just your time will be good enough. Yeah, their website has a lot of information about it. And it's also like a really fucking cute website and a really cute Instagram aesthetic. And I am a huge fan. And that fan. matters. Oh, that is cute. It's really cute. And look at that. Like, Wait, they, paint really the like that they painted the fridges. I wish I was artistic. You are. I do. I mean, I wish I could paint is what I mean. I wish I could sing. Oh, I wish I could sing too. Because then your instrument is your voice. And Should we take singing In a lessons? way, yeah, let's take it while we're walking the dog so they just start howling. Honestly, <laughs> not a bad idea. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. We, I think, do think we should start taking dogs out for walks. That yeah, 100%. Fun. And then maybe you can find one to foster. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Do you have anything else on the meeting agenda for this week? Anything coming up? Anything coming Oh, I'm back in LA and I'm performing again. Book her, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what's happening with the stand-up scene, but I feel very lucky that the rest of my life feels full now. Good. So, I think the stand-up scene is still slowly coming back. Yeah. So I don't know that that's you so much as it is the whole, the whole thing. The world. Yeah. What about you? I've got a few shows, basically. You've been, you've been doing a lot of I've shows. I've been doing a lot of shows, but I'm like, they don't really mean anything. <laughs> don't say that about the shows you've Sorry, you've they're great shows and I love you. Thank you for having me. But I'm also, like, not making any money, and I'm just really waiting for that next thing. Free labor. It's, it's free labor. Yeah. But, I mean, I love doing stand-up, and... Listen, okay, but you shouldn't be scared, and you shouldn't have to say, but I love doing stand-up. We all love doing stand-up, okay? And we love getting paid to do stand-up. But I do love doing stand-up, and it's been great to be able to be like, yeah, I'm booked, you know, three, four times a week, and I get to... And I'm writing a lot of new stuff because of that, and... You know, it's fun to be doing stand-up in the summer and seeing all of my friends and going to open mics, and I feel very lucky. Yeah, I do feel lucky about our lifestyle. We have a gorgeous lifestyle. We have a wonderful lifestyle. We are really very blessed. Yeah. Aww. Aww. I love you. I'm happy you're you. home. I'm, back. I'm happy to be back, too. God. Part of me was like, she's not coming back. Part of me was like, I'm not coming back. <laughs> but I'm here. Yay. Meeting okay, adjourned. Love you. Meeting adjourned. <laughs> that was fun. That was fun.
This episode of the City Council Podcast was written, created, and produced by Paula Viganalan and Ellery Smith. Our music was written and produced by Ruby Ibarra. Be sure to follow us at City Council, spelled S-E-L, show on Instagram and Twitter for more weekly podcasts and monthly live stand-up comedy shows. Thanks for listening. Yeah.